Glory to God. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning. Ha! Boy, I'll tell you what, I'm excited about Jesus this morning. Man, he gives me a reason to be excited about him every day. I talk to him every day, he talks to me. Amen? He said he'd never leave me or forsake me. He's always with me. How can I not? How can I, oh my God, how can I not be excited? Amen? He's walked me out of some dark places. He's made me free. We just say next song, free indeed. He's made me free. Are you free this morning? Amen. If you're, yeah. not, be, if you're yeah. not free, stick around and you'll get free. Yeah. Yeah. Glory to God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, let me say it again. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, He who knew no sin was made to be sin that I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah. So I'm not going to have it any other way. He was made to be sin that I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I declare today that I am righteous. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And if you are a believer, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? I can approach. I can stand before my father without a sense of guilt. Without a sense of fear, without a sin condemnation, without a sense of inferiority, without a sense of fear. No fear. He said, fear has torment. He removed torment away from me. Glory to God. Amen. I will live and dwell in the house of the Lord as his son all the days of my life. Amen. Oh, by the way, my life's eternal because I also received that, so I'm always going to be righteous. Amen. I have eternal life. Yeah. I received eternal life today, the very day that I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I received eternal life. I didn't start living according to that eternal life because I needed to be discipled. I needed to be matured in the things of God and in the Word of God. Hallelujah. But every day we experience more, we're supposed to experience more of the eternal life. Well, eternal life, doesn't that mean after you die? No. Eternal life, your God is eternal. Eternal means without beginning and without ending. In everything that's in between. What kind of life do we have? Eternal life. The enemy don't want you to know that. He wants to whoop your head. I used to have a little high school football coach. And, you know, you know I was a little, you know, crazy. And he used to say, whoop his head, God, whoop his head. Well, the devil wants to whoop a believer's head. Mm. Mm. Amen? Amen? But guess what? He can't whoop our heads if we don't let him. Because Jesus already whooped his head. Glory. He's already a defeated foe. A defeated foe. Amen. We're in his family. And he said, we're the righteous. We're the justified. We're the just. Mm. And he said, the just... The just shall live by faith. So now we have a new way of living. We have a new way of life. We have new life. We have supernatural life in Christ Jesus. We have resurrection life. We have resurrection life, which is the same life that Jesus Christ has. I'm not talking about when Lazarus was dead and in the grave. God didn't resurrect him. He raised him from the dead. But where did Lazarus go back to? He went back to the grave. But we have the kind of life, resurrection life, where we can never return to the dead. We have the life that Jesus had. Jesus died and he was resurrected by the power of the living God. He was resurrected because of his faith by the power of the living God. And he can never return to death. And he said, when he died, and when I accepted him, when he died, I died. Yeah. And he said, when he rose, I rose. I have eternal life. I have resurrection life. You have resurrection life if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your living, your Lord and Savior. It's time to allow Him to live His life in you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask everybody that's a part of this service today, whether it's out there in the social media world, Facebook world, or whatever you want to call it, or here in this church. Now, you don't have to repeat this after me, but this is our profession of faith today. And, uh, and you know, I, I really, 
I have to, we should be ever mindful of this all the time. Alright, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I believe in the salvation that comes to me through Jesus' work. I believe in the salvation that comes to me through Jesus' work. The work that he has done on the cross. The work that he has done on the cross. I open my heart, open my heart to be transformed into the likeness of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To be tra transformed into the likeness of Jesus Amen. In order to be, in order that I will be established, in order that I will be established in unshakable faith, in unshakable faith, unshakable faith, unshakable faith. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Well, that's done yet. My faith, my faith, must be moved, must be moved into new covenant faith, into new covenant faith, and out of all aspects, and out of all aspects of dead works, of dead works. The place where my faith will never be shaken again. The place where my faith will never be shaken again. Amen. Amen. That's your testimony today. If that's your testimony today, then you're on the right track. On the right track. Amen. Amen. You know, you know, we, we're talking about faith and we're going to continue to talk about faith because the scripture says that the just shall live by faith. I'm going to tell you something. If we don't learn to live by faith, the devil will do whatever he wants to do to us. To, to my life, to my wife, to my business, to my children, to my generation. But Jesus has moved us from that place to where enemy he can, can do anything. He says that we, he says to put on the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. He's given us armor. Why? Why would he give us armor? Because we're peculiar. We're separated. We've been sanctified. We've been brought out of darkness. And we've been brought into light. And we have received possessions. What kind of possessions? Godly possessions. Kingdom things. Amen. He says we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Does my life experience that? The question is, why is not my life experienced in this kind of life? Because God wants me to go through something to teach me a lesson? That is about the dumbest thing I heard. That is a lie from the pits of hell. God is not trying to get you to go through something to teach you anything. Because when you say stuff like that, you only just remind yourself. You should be reminded of how much you don't know what your Savior did for you. He sacrificed him, not you. Does that make sense? God is not trying to put you something, through something, teach you something. He's already done it. It's already finished. He wants to, you to learn about what he's already done and what he's already accomplished for you. So that you can, so that you as a believer never have to walk in darkness again. That you can walk in the light. Man, this is just going to get gooder and gooder. So just fasten your seatbelt. Let's talk about faith. Faith is a principle. It is a principle of a believer's walk. All right, meaning it, uh, it, 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 it's accepted and it's a accepted and professed rule of action or conduct. Faith. Amen. Amen. Faith is governed by two rules. One is to believe, and the other is to trust. Believing is the gate. Believing is the gate that brings you into the blessing of glory. Believing. Believing what? What do I believe? I believe, first of all, let me give you a list of things so that, that we need to know that we need to believe. First, I, need, I believe that in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen. We just professed that a second ago. Mm -hmm. We believe in the salvation that comes to me through what Jesus has done for me through his death, burial, and his resurrection. Somebody say blessing. 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 Amen? So believing, I believe, once I believe, I enter the, into the gates, and then I begin to walk through the gates in trust. Believing and trusting. Let me say it again. I believe... That I've been delivered from whatever it is that's attacking me. Whatever crisis that I'm going through. I believe that through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, 
that he has provided something so far much better than what I'm experiencing. I will not accept what I see, so I will step through the gate and I will begin to trust. Trust what? Is this making sense to anybody yet? No, but you ain't said that yet, Pastor. There's a difference between the act of faith and the attitude of faith. To believe once and for all, to believe once and for all, it looks like this, but I believe once and for all that, that God has already done it. Now I have passed through the crisis. I've gotten through the crisis, and I've gotten on to the other side. Stay with me, if you will. Uh, I've gotten on to the other side, and 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 then in uh, I, I, trust, I, I continue walking in the progress. Let me say it again. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gotten through the crisis. I'm through the gate, and now I'm walking. I'm walking in the blessing because I'm trusting. Belief and trust. Belief, the gate that we have to go through. Trust is what helps bring the manifestation of the thing uh, that overtakes that crisis. Amen? Amen. Is Is this making sense yet? Hallelujah. To trust is continuous. Continually trusting. Never being being uh, blind, never being knocked off of uh, the foundation that we're on. Amen? Believing or exercising a single-minded act of faith is what causes you to enter that gate. You have to have a single-minded, a single-mindedness about you. In, In other words, when you believe, once you believe, you don't listen to the outside voices. You don't hear the noise that's going around. You don't look at the circumstance. You don't look at what's going on. You see, you say, I trust that God is greater in this circumstance. I trust in his word that, that he, has, he has done, he's accomplished what he said he would do. Oh my goodness, I'm getting ready to get into some stuff here. So I'm believing, I don't hear the noise, I don't look at my past, I don't look at my present condition, I only look at what I know he said. Oh my goodness, this is some kind of good. What did he say? He's delivered me. There's so many things that he's told me. Let me tell you something. There's a great man of God, preacher of the word. He said, you can only exercise faith where the will of God is known. You can only exercise faith where the will of God is known. I can sit up here and tell you all day what the blessing is. If you don't find out that blessing for yourself, you're never going to believe it and walk in it. The devil's going to kick your butt. Amen? Amen. By maintaining an attitude of faith thereafter, after you, after you believe, by, after your single-mindedness, by maintaining an attitude of faith thereafter is where you're going to find victory. That's where you find victory. In order for a believer to truly believe in a particular matter or, or situation, uh, there must be singleness of heart, and, and they have to exercise an act of faith uh, uh, by which they truly believe. They believe God. They believe and they trust. They believe God, okay? Before they can ever walk by faith, you have to believe before you can start to walk. Yes. You won't walk if you don't believe. Amen. Believing gets you to the gate. Walking brings you to the victory. Yes. Amen? Amen. Is this making sense to anybody this morning? Yes. The believer must first, first you must believe what we said earlier that in the blessing that comes to us through the finished work of Jesus Christ, to the life that we receive through the finished work of Christ, I got some news for you. You guys, I've been talking about this for years. I had one guy say, I don't like going there because you talk about the same old thing. You didn't even get that. You got new life in Christ Jesus. You got new life. I'm not talking about a new car and a new house. I'm talking about you got a new life. 
I'm talking about you got that same quality of life that Jesus has. Do me a favor. Put up uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. Now, I know it's not on the list, but that's okay. Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. I'm going to show you something. My God. Hallelujah. Man, I am undefeated. You are undefeated, sis. Mm-hmm. We're undefeated in here. We're going to walk in our undefeatedness. We're going to walk in our victory. Jesus won the victory. He says we're more than conquerors. Why did he say you're more than conquerors? Because he conquered. You're above that which he conquered. Therefore, we're overcomers. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Oh, boy, this is some kind of good. You ready? All right. All right. Now, Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. I'm going to show you something. Can you get that? Can you get that? Okay. Watch this. I'm going to show you something. Man, I, and you need to grab this. This is so important. Yes. The Spirit itself, or Himself, whatever you will, bears witness with our what? Our spirit. Look at this now. With our spirit. Why? Because when He sees our spirit, what does He see? Himself! Mm. He sees His life! He sees himself. He sees that slain light that he carries. <laughs> he sees himself. That we are the what? That we are the children of God. Next verse. And if children, if we're his children, then we are what? Heirs. Heirs. Who's his firstborn child? Who's his firstborn? Jesus. Jesus. But he so Jesus is one of his children. He says that we're his if we're his children, then we are heirs. And if we're heirs of who? We're his heirs, heirs of God. Same way Jesus says. And then we're joint heirs with Christ. He says we're joint heirs. If so that we we suffer with him, that we may also be what? Glorified with him. We'll be glorified with him. What does that mean? If we're heirs and heirs of God and join heirs with Jesus Christ, that means the same quality of life that Jesus has, we have. Not we're going to get. It's the same quality of life that he has that we have when? Right now. That's right. Amen. All right, let's keep going. So first, a believer, uh, oh my God, Hebrews 11, 6. First thing a believer must know, ooh, glory, hallelujah. But the next thing outside of Jesus finished it, Hebrews 11, 6. I love this verse. It hit me yesterday. I used to say this without saying the whole verse. Watch this. But without what? Faith. It is impossible to please God. To please Him. It's impossible. There is no way possible that you're ever going to please God without faith. He told you in several places in the scripture, four or five places, that the just must shall live by faith. Amen. Jesus had to be resurrected by his own faith. Had he not used faith, he would have never been resurrected. Had he not taken God at his word when they sat down before the foundation of the world and talked about the plan of salvation, he would have never been resurrected. We'd never be free. Who? He says here, but without faith it's impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must, must believe that he is, that God is, and that he is a punisher of the, a what? A rewarder. A punisher. A rewarder. A rewarder. Not a punisher. We don't live under the punishing phase. We live under the gospel of peace. He has made peace with us. 
We live under a covenant of peace. A covenant of peace, not chaos, not pain, not sickness and disease. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must first believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want you to know your tears don't move him. That's right. Your whining and crying doesn't move him. There's only one thing that moves him. Do you believe? Do you believe he Do you believe? Will you let him set you on a strong foundation? He is the foundation of your faith. He's going to fill you, empower you. You're going to walk with your head up and your chest up. You're going to deny those things that are not like him. And you're going to accept everything that's like him. And anything that gets in your way that's not like God, you're going to tread on it. You're going to stop Hallelujah. on it. Because he's bound under your feet. Hallelujah. He's under your feet. You have the victory. Somebody say, I have the victory. I got the I victory. Say, he's under my feet. He's under my feet. All right, I'm not going to get to this whole message today. Amen. <laughs> we must also know what his will is. We, we have to know what his will is in the matter. Well, I'll see you tomorrow if it be the Lord's will. Okay, all right. He said he's going to satisfy me with long life. If you're a believer, he's going to satisfy me with long life. I'll see you tomorrow. That's right. All right. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. 1 John. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Amen? Amen. And I'm telling you, God is raising up some folks that's going to believe him. That's right. God's going to raise up, get our people out here that are experiencing God in every realm, and they're experiencing him because they believe him and because they trust him. They know. They understand it. And they understand, I can go into all the world. Wherever I go, I can preach the gospel. And I can preach the gospel and and, 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 and I can and I can cast out devils and I can lay hands on say he said, This is what believers do. Hallelujah. Well those things aren't for today. Oh my god, that's just ooh, that's like so cold and such a lie against God. Yes. Alright. Watch this. Alright. What did I just say? His will. Did I say knowing his will? It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask, what? In anything. Huh? In anything. Anything according to his what? His will. will. What's his will? Life. Yeah, but what's his will in particular? How do we find out what his will is? In his word. Well, I'm going to pray for the will of God. All right, that's fine. That's fine. But he already told you what his will is. His will is his word. Listen, let me read it again. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, didn't say he might hear us. It says what? He hears us. You know why? When you speak his word, look at me. When he speaks his word, he hears you. When Hallelujah. you speak his word, remember the just shall live by faith. And when you speak his word, he hears you. Yes, he does. Verse 15. And if we know, hold on now, hold on. If we know, say it loud. Shout it out. No. No. But if we know, my knowing is in the heart because it's settled in my heart that his word, this is where he meets me in the heart. Yes. Because he's put everything that's good in my spirit, man. But it has to pass through my heart into the rest of my inward parts so that it can manifest in my life. Hallelujah. And the reason it has to manifest, the purpose for it manifests in my life is not just for me, but it's to bring glory to him. Yes. Your life is supposed to bring glory to God. 
Yes. For no other reason, believe him so that you can believe glory to him. So you can bring glory to him. Because you love him. Because you put him first. Because you trust him. If we ask anything, if, I mean, if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. What is it that you're asking? Is it peace? Say, I need peace in my life. I need peace at work. I need peace in my family. I need peace in the church. I need peace in everyday life. He's the Prince of Peace. Yes. Hallelujah. Does the scripture say that he is a prince, the Prince of Peace? Did he not say, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave to you? Did he not say that? Don't accept anything else. Total peace. Peace. He says, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire him because we ask according to his will, which is his word. What is his, what, what is his will? What is his will? What did John say over in, in, the, in the, he says, I will that you prosper and be in health. And people are so fickle when they think of prosperity, they think of things. He wants you to prosper in everywhere, every, he wants you to prosper as a father. He wants you to prosper as a grandfather. He wants you to prosper in your business. He wants you to prosper everything you do. He wants you to be in health. He wants you to prosper, and he wants you to be in health. That's by the Holy Spirit when John said that. And if John said it, even if John didn't say it by the Holy Spirit, he said it because he knew God. That's right. And he knew what the Lord had done, what the Savior had done for him. Amen? I hope this is helping somebody this morning. And then, so, here we go. First, we know what Jesus did on the cross. Next, we said we know that that he's a that uh, he's a rewarder, all right, of those that diligently seek him, and we, we believe him. And now, next thing is that we 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 know his will, and we just saw, you know, about his will. The next thing we have to know know is that he is able to back his word. We know his will. We said it's his word. Do we know that he has the ability, the capability to back his word? Yes. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. <coughs> Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. We don't have time to fiddle around. Ephesians 1, 19. Amen? Amen? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. There was three things that, God, that Paul prayed for. There was three particular things started in verse 16. He says, I cease not to, uh, he says, giving thanks for you, making mention of my prayers, that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. You can't understand why revelation. You can't live. Thank you, brother. You can't understand why revelation. You can't live without his wisdom. The spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. Amen? Amen. And then he said that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That you may know, verse 18, the eyes of your understanding that you being enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling. Listen to me. The eyes of your understanding, that is not your big old head. That's your heart. That your heart will be opened up. We, we said that in our confession today. That our heart will be opened up so that we would know, so that we would know, we would understand, we would know that we may experience what is the hope of his calling. And the second thing was, and what is the riches of the glory of his, of his inheritance in the saints, of what he inherited, the life that he inherited through his death, through his obedience to the death of the cross. Amen. His inheritance. All things were made, Colossians says, all things were made by him and for him. And we're found in him. Hallelujah. Huh? Hallelujah. Huh? Yes. Say it, I'm found in him. I'm, I'm found, found in, in him. him. That's right. I'm found in him. 
Alright? And then and look at this. This is what you need to know. He can back his word. He can back his word. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe? Let me say it again. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to you and me? Because we're believers. Why would it say that? Because when we believe, you know that scripture over there that says the sword of it said the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When you use the word of God, the spirit moves. The That's power, right. the same power. Amen. This is the same power as you're going to see that raised Jesus from the dead. Not anything less moves on your behalf. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who, who believe? According to the working of his mighty power. What was the working of his mighty power? The next verse. Come on now. Next verse. Which he worked where? In Christ when he did what? Raise him from the dead. So what kind of power do we have on our behalf? Resurrection power. Say it loud. Resurrection, Resurrection power. Resurrection power. Hallelujah. What kind of power? Resurrection power. Resurrection power. Amen. You have, little old you, have resurrection power. Here's the problem. The devil really don't see you as, as little old you. Unless you see yourself that way. Mm. But when you see yourself the way God made you to be, the devil sees you as a giant. Mm-hmm. Amen. He sees you the way he sees Christ and not anything less. See, he comes to find out if you know who you are. When you don't know who you are, then he can do something to you. That's right. But when you know who, when he knows that you are. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. I'll come back to it in a minute. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Father. All right, all right, all right. And then we have to understand and know the character of God. Do we trust God's character? We know he has the power to do it. Does he, we know he can back his word. He has the power. Do we trust his character? Yes. James one seventeen, please. Do we trust his character? Are we going to question God's character when he's not doing it for me? Then you're not believing. That's right. It ain't on him. That's right. He's already done it. That's right. James 1 17. Watch this now. Woo-wee. Uh-huh. For all you folks that think God's putting you through something to teach you something, you might want to think that and rethink that again. It just don't make you think it. There's something wrong. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Mm-hmm. It said every good. Every time I say the word good, I say God. Mm-hmm. Every God gift, every good gift, and every perfect gift, every perfect gift. What? What's a perfect? Completeness, wholeness comes from God, comes from above, and coming from down from the whole Father of lights, in whom there is no Variable. variableness. You know what that word variables means? Change. No fickleness. See, I've been fickle as a daddy. I tell my kids, and I waver on it. You know, I used to waver on it. You know, and then they'll tell me, do what he said. Oh, my wife used to tell me that. You say it, you're going to, you husbands know. You've been fickle, so don't act like you ain't. But when you grow up in God, you don't want to be fickle anymore because that's not the character of your father. And you have his life and nature. So if you say something, you do it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Alright, so so father, from the Father of lights, from whom there is no fickleness or variableness, neither shadow of turning. That word shadow of turning, turning means there's no variation. He will never be, he's not a, listen, he's going to give you everything that's good and everything that is perfect. He's no shadow of turning. He's it's not gonna, you know, maybe a little bit of this and a little bit of no, you're gonna get a good and perfect gift. Amen. Amen. 
That's his integrity. Amen? So now, by believing, we enter into the gate, and then we advance in the walk of faith, and we continue by maintaining an attitude of faith. In other words, I believe it, so as I'm walking and trusting, I'm walking in faith and I'm trusting, don't come to me with your worldly nonsense. Don't come to me with your psychology. Don't come with me with your status, your statistics. Don't come. That's what man does. God has already said it. I believe it. And I'm going for the prize, baby. I don't need no outside help. He's already said it. We already saw he has the power to do it. We already said that he has character. We know it's his will. We know that it's something that Jesus paid for on the cross for me to bring me life, to bring me victory. We know it. I know it. You have to know it so you can live and walk Amen. in it. Amen. Come on, man. This is good. Somebody should already jump to the roof. Amen. Amen. Many believers fall short by trying to maintain an attitude of faith without ever, ever crossing the threshold of faith. In other words, I have faith for it, I have faith for it, I have faith for it, but they never cross the threshold. They don't make it through the crisis. Why? Because they really don't believe it. They're not sure. They have, they're, not, they're not convinced that God uh, loves them that much, that God would do that for them, or, well, you know, maybe that's not the way God wants it. Well, God, you know, he heals some, but he doesn't heal others. And, you know, all this stuff and all these things that come their way. So they say, well, I'm going to walk by faith. I'll see what happens. Mm. You're walking by faith and I'll see what? I'll see what happens. You ain't never going to get nothing from God like that. That's right. Amen? Amen. I ain't going to see what happens. I have an expectation. I know what's going to happen. That's right. I, I got a picture. I know. I got a picture when you tell me, doctor, that my body's riddled with cancer. I got a picture of my health. Because I got a picture in my heart of what Jesus Christ has done for me. That's right. I declare that what he has done for me on the cross is more than enough to bring me to victory. It's more than enough for me to see, to hear, feel, taste, and touch. My health. That's right. What picture do you have in your heart? When you look at the situation you go through, do you look at the end of it? Do you see defeat? Do you see destruction? Do you see yourself destroyed, sick, defeated by yourself? Is that what you see? No, when the devil comes to bring a lie to me, when he comes to attack me and my family, when he comes to attack my business, when he comes to attack my health, what do I see? I see victory. I see what Jesus Christ has done for me. I see from whence he brought me to where he brought me to. That's the picture that I have in my heart. And that's the expectation that I have. That's the expectation that I have. I have the expectation for him to fulfill in my life his word because he said it's impossible to please him without faith. He said those that come to him must first believe that he is and that he is a what? A rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I yes. diligently seek him in every circumstance and yes. situation. And he rewards me, not curse me. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law, so now I live in the place of reward. Yes. Amen. Man, I love this life in Christ Jesus. And even when times I fall short, I thank God for that woman back there that God gave me, my help me. She helps me to remember that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why we need each other. And we need each other serving God. 
And we That's need right. each other making God first place. That's because right. Because if I don't make God first place, I am northly good to her. That's and right. vice versa. That woman has prayed me out of situations and circumstances. She has called me back from death, from defeat, and from destruction. Amen. You know why? Because she believed God. That's right. I'll never forget she told me. Some of y'all have heard this many times. I'll never forget she told me I was living all kind of hellish life. And I'll never forget she told me. When she found out that it wasn't me, that it was the devil, she said, oh, <laughs> all right, devil, it's on now. Well, you see who won. That's right. Hallelujah. I was a weak little coward. Self-centered selfish. Thought I wanted life my way. My wife said, no, let's have life God's way. <laughs> I, I think I'll have it God's way. Hot dog. <laughs> and I have people tell me all the time, I want my I want I want my husband to love me the way you love your wife. People tell me that all the time. It won't be. It was faith. Amen. Amen. I cut company with God. When I stood up there and I said, in sickness and in health, for 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 better or for worse. In sickness or in health. I made a promise to her, but I made a covenant with him. And I was a covenant breaker. But he forgave me. Because she prayed for me and she spoke life over me. And she didn't look at me. She saw the mess that I was. She knew I couldn't change myself. She told me one day, I don't care what you do, I just want to please God. And when she said that, man, it was like, you know when Popeye ran out of spinach? <laughs> I ran out of spinach. I got weak and I got down on my knees. And I laid flat on my belly on the ground and said, Lord, I'm a mess. I'm no good to my wife. I'm no good to my children. I'm no good to my business. I'm destroying everything that I touch. She never looked at me. She kept going. My daughter said, oh, it's like this. Come here, bro. Just for a minute. Come here, brother. Come here, come here. I just want to give an illustration. Come here. My daughter was like, I want you to start walking out here. Come here, come over here. Come me. Start walking over here. This is, this is my wife here. Not really. This is my wife, <laughs> this is my wife here. Right? So, she wasn't paying attention to me. My daughter's like this. Go start walking. She's like this. Wait a minute, Mom. There's something different. Go. Keep going. There's something different about that. Don't remember to walk. There's something different about that. Wait, Mom. Wait, Mom. And she said, No. Well, God got this. God got this. God fixes this. God will change you. God will make him the man that I need. Because I'm his daughter. God will fix that liar. God will fix that cheater. That's not who he is. He's a child of the most high God. And you stupid. It's just dumb to tell somebody you can't control somebody's life. I was saved. But I was defeated. What if Jesus said that? What if he wasn't forever making intercession for me? What if he wasn't making intercession for me? She saw me in my weakness. She saw me at my worst. Jesus saw me as a wet noodle. And I looked up and I said, Lord, if I'm going to change, you got to help me. He began to do the work. She kept going. She didn't interfere. She kept going. And my baby girl said, Mom, but Dad, Mom, Dad's not the same. Dad's changed. It was that same little girl that saw me when I started failing, 13 years old. When I was in, in infidelity. She's same little girl. Sat down to take daddy. You've been gone. This little girl used to idolize me. She used to look up to me. And every day, because I loved her with everything that I had, that I knew how in my strength. And she said, she noticed everything about me. And she said, Mom, Dad's, 
She told me to sit down and say, Dad, you've been gone 30 days straight. That's what she told me. Told me. I looked at her. Well, he told me, you seen somebody? I said, girl, go ahead. But God. And he allowed her to see her daddy change. You know why? Because faith. Because she had finally taken her hands off and gotten out of the way. The worst thing that woman ever called me in my life that I can remember. She probably called me some things under her breath. <laughs> but the worst thing I can ever remember her saying to me, she yelled at me in Dallas, Texas in the car. You're selfish! Never heard it come at me like that before. And I said, oh my gosh. That was probably from the Holy Ghost. Because it hit me right in my heart. And I got over there. But I found my way back here in a second. Hmm. Amen. Many believers fall short. Why? To maintain an attitude of faith. It's imperative that the believer break ties with, with the past. And break ties, get away from people who speak against God's word. Get away from all the experts and, and, and you know, they come and tell you, if it's a business relationship, well, I would do this. I mean, you can listen, but are you going to listen to God first? Are you going <laughs> to... Oh, God, I didn't get to the part about the Holy Spirit yet. I guess I need to wait till I get there. How much time I got? I got all day, don't answer. Yes. Nobody did. did. You got dinner on the way? No. And then I can pick this up next week. But I think you're getting the gist of what I'm saying. This message, I'm not going to give up on it. This is, this is I'm telling you. Uh, amen. Here we go. It's imperative that the believer breaks ties with the past. And he breaks ties. Uh, and, and break ties with mess. And accept the testimony of God. Yes. What is the testimony of God? His word. It's what he has spoken. It's what he said about you. It's what he's done through his son. It's what he said would happen if you were in his son. It's, 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 uh, Revelation chapter 12 verses, Revelation please, chapter 12 verse 11. I want to show you something. I want to show you man, I'm telling you something, you don't know who you are. You have no idea who you are in Christ Jesus. I tell you, when you grab this in your heart, you'll never be the same again. You're going to stop trying to fix things yourself, and you'll allow God to fix them because we're always trying to fix stuff. And we just keep making a bigger mess when we're trying to fix stuff. And we're always taking offense. Don't you know that the devil is the one that's offending you, the person that's doing that to you? He is helpless. She is helpless. They are weak. They are wet noodle. Your fight is not with them. There's a devil that comes to destroy you and them. You know, only two of the devil got I will believe it's a deception. The devil make you think you all have the bowl of grits. The devil make you think I'm the brain. Nobody else can know nothing. I'm the brain that's in this operation. I'm this, I'm that. No, what you are is a fool because you're without God operating in your life. What you are is in a dangerous place. Where are we going? Look at this. In verse 10. Uh, you mind going to verse 10 first? <laughs> this is when the devil, this is what John saw in the book of Revelation. He said, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come what? Salvation. salvation. Has salvation come? Yes. No. Has it come? Yes. Now Jesus. has come salvation. And, and what else? Strength. Strength. Is strength come? Yes. Who's it for? Us. All right. And the kingdom of our God? Yes. He's still waiting for the kingdom to come. The kingdom's come. Yep. He's come. It's in us. Yep. And the power, what? What? The What? The power of his Christ? For the accuser of the brethren is cast down. He can't accuse you anymore because he can't look at you. He has to look at the Savior. He has to look at what Jesus did. Because you don't speak for yourself anymore. Now the Savior speaks for you. And Satan has no more access to God to accuse you. Because he only can see 
God's only going to see you through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, this is good. Hallelujah. Yes, uh, it is. I uh, know. Come on now. He sees me through Christ. He sees you through Christ. He sees you victorious. He says, only believe in you. Glory to God. He said, live by faith. Man, I'm telling you something. Watch this. Uh, and and, 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 and the, the accuser of our brothers cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. He accused David. He accused Abraham. He accused all of the prophets. All of the sons of Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All of the seed, he accused them. But now he can't accuse them because now we are seen through Christ Jesus. Why don't you go ahead? Yes. Now watch this. this next verse is what I want to get to. This is your endeavor. This is what you need to know. And they overcame him. Who? The accused of his brother. How? By the blood of the Lamb. The blood speaks for you. Yes. This is called the legal side of your redemption. <laughs> this is the legal side of your redemption. Because you accepted Jesus, the blood legally speaks for you. And you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Hallelujah. It speaks I for you. Know. The blood speaks for you. The blood of Jesus speaks for you. Mm -hmm. It speaks. They overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. Satan knows that. He sees that blood. But this is what he wants to get to. Over, overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their what? Testimony. This is the legal side of their redemption. And this is the vital side of their redemption. What testimony are you giving? Word of I'm God. I'm so sick. Mm. I'm so hurt. Mm. I'm broke. Mm. I'm defeated. Oh, I, but, but, Pastor, you talking all that talk. I ain't got the money. Okay, you ain't never going to have it either. That's right. He didn't tell me to rely on nobody else. He told me. Mm -hmm. Trust us. That's right. Hallelujah. He said, he supplied. All of my needs, according to his riches. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He said, by, he says, himself, First Peter 2, 24, himself bore my sins on the tree. Because that's where he got punished at, was on the tree. That's where he paid the price for me to come from a curse to a blessing, on the tree. That's where he healed me. He was on the tree. Not before he got to the tree. Wasn't those 39 stripes with the whip with a whip by the Roman soldiers that brought me healing. It was what happened on the tree. Because what happened on the tree, he wasn't standing face to face with man. He was standing face to face with God. Hallelujah. And God was carrying his wrath out on him, the wrath that you and I deserve. He carried his wrath out on him. So what a man did to Jesus was persecution. What God did to Jesus was wrath. So Hallelujah. And you got healed by the punishment that he took on the tree. So why should I be sick? But I physically, I can see, I can feel it. Then you need to tell your body. That's right. Do you know what he did? That's right. Say it again. He quickened. He quickened. He made my body and my life Alive. He makes it alive by his spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, let me get back to this. So we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. What's my testimony? The word my of testimony. God. You know my wife's testimony was, I gotta tell y'all a secret. I love this. Baby, I'm I not put you on the spot, but that's okay. You've been on the spot for me. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, this was her testimony. Three o'clock in the morning. Here I come. Hey, baby. Girl, you sure look good. I'm three shades to the wind. Probably without running around some chick. And she says to me, oh, man of God, you're a godly husband and you're a godly father. <laughs> and you love me like Christ loves the church. I lived in LA. I'm, I'm telling you, it's true. I said, You're crazy. You need to quit messing with the people down there in that church. 
She'll tell you, did I not say that, baby? But she was believing. And she was like God. Calling those things that be not as though they were. You see, my ba my behavior couldn't uphold her. What upheld her was Christ. Was God. I'd be mocking preachers. I'll never forget, I told this the other day, I tell it all the time. Preacher was on the thing. I wish I could remember his name. Big old heavy set dude, man. He was preaching. Well, don't say nothing about me. And he was preaching. He was getting it on, man. He was preaching. And I'm walking in. I started mocking him. She looked at me. I'll never forget that pretty face. I'll never forget that smile. She looked at me right now. She got it on her face now. She looked at me. She said, she did just like this. She said, don't worry. You'll be preaching the gospel one day. She could have She could have divorced me. She could have left me. She could, if she wanted to. She said the preacher said you can get a divorce. She said I went to the whole Bible. I couldn't find that nowhere. Report when you believe. And I'll leave that to. I'm not here to debate that issue. But she decided she'd walk by faith. And I look at the blessing. I have my grandkids the other day. Let me tell y'all. I'm gonna tell you. I'm, I'm going to quit in a minute. I have to pick this up next week. I have my grandkids. Um, I say they took me to Florida. They did. We went down to watch the, the, the real Super Bowl chance. They got cheated. <laughs> they got cheated. <laughs> Here we go. We went, down, <laughs> we went down to watch the Cowboys destroy uh, who was Tampa Bay. But me and my kids, it was me and four of my grandkids. And let me tell you something. I didn't care nothing about the game, whether they won, lost, or draw. It was the time that I had with those four kids. Because in all of those children, all I could see was God. All I could see was when I was failing. I wouldn't have had that had it not been for God. Had it not been for faith, I wouldn't have had that. I wouldn't have experienced that. I looked at my grandma. I had two boys the other day. A week ago or so, and I looked at my wife, I said, look what God has done. I said, look what God has done. I am blessed. None of y'all are any more blessed than me. I don't care how much money you got, how many houses and cars you've got. I don't care what you've got. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. And so are you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This blessed life is for every human being. For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. He said that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He said he didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today's your day came to save you. He came to save you. He won't let the devourer destroy you. He'll bring you in his family and he'll love you the same way he loves his son Jesus Christ. If you will excuse me one second. If you will just today receive the faith in your heart that he is currently putting before you that he gives you today to receive him as Lord and Savior this is your appointed time. If you'll accept that, this appointed time, and say, Lord Jesus, say, Father, I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that he shed his blood for me. I believe, Lord God, that Jesus, that you love me, God, and you sent Jesus for my life. I'm empty and I'm broke. I'm a sinner. And I have no way of saving myself. But, Lord, you provided a way through Jesus. I accept that way today. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, come into my heart and live your life in me. And I pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. If that's your prayer today, we welcome you into the family of God. And I'm here to tell you, if you made that prayer, you just received a gift, the greatest gift you could have ever 
ever received, and the and the greatest miracle that ever trans the greatest miracle that ever transpired just transpired in you. That's right. You went from death to life. To life. Amen. 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 You need a Bible teaching, a Bible believing church that's going to teach you the Word of God, that's going to disciple you, that's going to help you live and walk, help you and guide you and lead you to this life, through this life and lead you to your Savior, not draw you to themselves, but lead you to the Savior so that you can have this victorious life. We welcome you. If you're here locally, we're at 7643 Hull Street Road, Suite 200. Every Sunday morning at uh, 10.45. And we invite you to join us. Come and be with us and fellowship with us and we'll disciple you. We'll follow the Holy Spirit in discipling you. And we'll always lead you to Jesus. Because Jesus is always your answer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Is anybody in here that never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior? That means everybody here is safe. Why?